The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, June 19th, 2023. The woman in your life will do what she must do To comfort you and calm you down And let you rest now The woman in your life, she can rest so easily She does everything you do because the woman in your life is you everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Elaine. What a beautiful day it is here in Sonoma County. So glad to get up and to be alive today. Well, you know, today is June 19th, and it is a legal holiday for Juneteenth, and I'm always thrilled when a holiday ends up on on the Monday that Women's Spaces is recording. And so I thought for this show we would honor uh, all the black women and men uh, who have participated in the Juneteenth celebration, but also experienced what the whole program is all about, some of the issues that they have going on in today's world. You know, we, we've had all kinds of good things happen, and yet we're still struggling to try to overcome some of our attitudes towards one another. You know, what I'm going to do for today's uh, show, I'll be playing several recordings. I'm going to play a recording uh, on the history of Juneteenth, and I'm going to be doing some other recordings, plus a, a few songs that I believe that relate to freedom and relate to the holiday itself. You know, what's so amazing to me is this is one of the first holidays that you don't get all kinds of advertisements uh, to go shopping and all that, but I'm sure that's going to change uh, in the uh, next few years if, you you know, folks know how that goes. Anyway, a little history about uh, Juneteenth. President Joe Biden um, signed legislation on June 17, 2021, making Juneteenth a United States federal holiday after Congress passed the Juneteenth National Independence uh, Day Act that same month. You know, and I just to let people know, I was part of the uh, Juneteenth uh, planning committee for the past two years. And as always, I intended, we attend the booth, both Ken and I. I was really happy to see lots of wonderful folks come by. We were able to pass out several pledges, which always makes me excited. We had a wonderful, wonderful booth. Uh, We represented, we had three different aspects of our of our booth you know we represented the north bay chamber of commerce entrepreneurs of tomorrow which i'm vice president that's a scholarship program for young people of color to help support them in their effort to uh, gain higher education a women's spaces who is also um, a sponsor and uh the national organization National Organization for Women, the Sonoma County chapter, uh, I was also uh, representing. And it was so much fun just having people come by and, and, uh, you know, just say hi. Well, this year was really different. You know, I was, I was, I had a, a shocking thing happen to me. I was given an appreciation award. You know, let me read it to you. It's very, 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 very interesting. It says here, this is the award that I was given. And I was shocked because I had found out that Ken knew about this going to happen for months. Also, Nancy uh, 
Nancy Rogers knew about it for months. The whole committee knew about it, and I swear to God, not one, it didn't feel there was like even the slightest hint as to what was happening. Did you want to say something, Ken? Why don't you let me read the award? Oh, yeah, no, I'm going to read it. Oh, you want to read it? You go ahead and read it. With our greatest appreciation, we hereby present Elaine Holtz with this award in recognition for your longstanding service to our community, the 53rd Annual, Juneteenth, 2023. I mean, just reading it, Ken, is such a shock. I mean, I could not believe it. it you know, I, I was, they called me on the stage, and I couldn't figure out, why, why am I on the stage? You know, Nancy had, was giving a, a wonderful uh, award to a, a young man by the name of Bobby Blues and his blues band, and, uh, you know, he was an old, an old-timer. And I thought, wow, why do they want me on the stage? And then all of a sudden, I, saw, I noticed that Nancy had, like, a, a second plaque with her. And then all of a sudden, I saw a little piece of paper slip, and then I saw ELA. And I thought, oh, my God, is that going to be for me? And all of a sudden, I just went, oh, I was just shocked. And when they presented to me, it was truly an honor and I want to thank the committee for presenting this to me. And I want to thank all the folks that were out there that were encouraging it and applauded me and, and the whole nine yards, especially the, the Juneteenth committee. What a great job they did. I mean, it was just a marvelous, marvelous, marvelous event. We had the sheriff out there. We had the, we had the police chief out there. We had our city council member, Eddie Alvarez, out there. We had our vice mayor out there. I mean, it was just, it was just an amazing event. An amazing event so I want to thank everybody that con uh, that contributed to it made it the sick success it was you know it takes a village to do things and in the Juneteenth celebration believe it or not we start in January planning it so it's a six month a six month effort and then all of a sudden when you see it go up and it starts happening you just go wow it's just it's just amazing well, I have, I have two announcements. You know, one is a very uh, happy announcement, to be honest with you. It's, what's going to be happening is there's going to be a Pride Solid uh, Party, uh, let's see, a Pride Solidarity March on June 24th at 11, at 11 a.m. It's going to start, they're going to gather uh, near Juilliard's Park Stone Bridge, and then we're going to march. I believe they're going to be marching over to the Courthouse Square. And that's going to be happening uh, on June 24th, 2023, 11, at 11 a.m. And it's also being sponsored by both the Women's March in Sonoma County, uh, Santa Rosa, and also the Sonoma County Pride. So I know it's going to be a really... Heck, it's going to be a hell-raising event, I know that. And a shout-out to Leslie Graves and her crew for, for working on the Women's March. She does it every year. And I'm unfortunately, you know, when you get older, you don't go to these marches anymore. But I really encourage young people to get out there and gather and let folks know that you are really concerned, that you really care about the world and what's happening. Well, the sad thing is, is that my condolences go out to the Daniel Ellsberg family. Uh, Daniel Ellsberg was born on April 7, 1931, and he made his transition on June 16, 2023. 
Daniel Ellsberg was a very, very special person to me. I had the honor of meeting him several years ago at the uh, Progressive Festival in Petaluma and actually had a chance to sit down and have a drink, a cup of coffee with him. And it was just, it was such an amazing experience. I even have a picture. I mean, and just talking to him about his feelings and encouraging some of the work that I was doing and talking about the things that he felt young people had to do to to secure to secure our world to bring by you know to bring about a world of peace you know i want to read i'm going to read this for you because i think it's very important i mean to me he was he was just an amazing man daniel ellsberg was an american political activist economic economist and united states military analyst while employed by the rand corporation he participated a, he precipitated a national political controversy in 1971 when he released the Pentagon Papers, a top-secret Pentagon study of the United States government decision-making in relation to the Vietnam War, to the New York Times, the Washington Post, and other newspapers. Boy, I mean, can you imagine that? And then in January of 1973, amazing that this happened, was two years later, Ellsberg was charged under the Espionage Act of 1917. And we're hearing a lot about the Espionage Act now with our own former President Trump, with other charges of theft and conspiracy, carrying a maximum, listen to this, a maximum sentence of 115 years. Because of governmental misconduct and illegal evidence gathering and his defense by Leonard Bowden and Harvard Law School professor Charles Nissen, Judge William Matthew Bine Jr. dismissed all charges against Ellsberg in May of 1973. What a mystical experience that much been for him. I mean, facing 115 years in jail uh, later on, Ellsberg was awarded the Wright Livelihood Award in 2006. He was also known for having formulated important examples in, desist, in decision ther- theory and the Ellsberg paradox for his extensive studies on nuclear weapons and nuclear policy and for voicing support for WikiLeaks, Chelsea Manning, and Edward Snowden. Ellsberg was awarded the 2018 O.L of Palm, is that Olaf Palm Prize for his profound humanism and exceptional moral courage. Well, rest in peace, uh, Daniel Ellsberg, and my heart and condolences go out to all his family. He made a huge difference in the world, that is for sure. I mean, I remember you know, being the age that I am, I felt like I've lived through so many deca- decades of war and controversy in our country. But I remember it like it was yesterday with the Vietnam War, when suddenly I saw young men burning their draft cars, and at the same time women like myself were burning their bras. I mean, it was just such an amazing time, and so much was on the line. And I remember with Kent State when they these the, our our own National Guard killed these uh, two students. It was just all of a sudden it was such oh it was three students I'm sorry four, four. oh it was four I didn't have I don't have any notes here I'm sorry about that it was it was such an eye opener to think four college students 
were shot on the campus of Kent State. I mean, it was like, what? Is this my country? But it was my country, and it continues to be our country. I mean, we're still at war. I mean, when the day I was born, uh, the United States was contemplating war. Germany was also starting World War uh, II already. And here I am, 83. All my life, it's been one war after another. And, you know, it really proves one point. If war were the answer for peace, we would have had peace a long time ago. You know, it's interesting. I, I wrote a poem once that said, All wars are fought in the name of peace. I mean, that's such, that's such an interesting thought to me. All wars, which are so destructive, I mean, we never used to be able to see the true de destruction of, of war. When I was growing up, you know, you would go into the theater and they would have maybe 20, maybe 10 minutes at the most of a little newspaper clip. They called it Newsweek. And then you would see, you know, maybe a little bit what's going on, but nothing like you can see today. I mean, today, if there's a disaster, a flood, I mean, we're right there in our own living room. And it's the same thing with war. We can see everything that's happening. And when I look, when I look at the war that's going on right now in the Ukraine, I think to myself, oh, my God, more women and more children are suffering. And I ask myself over and over and over and over again. And I know Al Dan when I had the discussion with Daniel Ellsberg, he asked the same thing. He asked, what is it is in the human psyche? that somehow we can't move the next step and work towards peace. But I think this generation coming up, I think, is just a little bit different. I think we're a lot more aware. There's a lot more to talk about. And also, we get information so quickly. Although I understand the problem is, is sometimes you get too much information, so you get a little bit confused and you don't know what's happening. But at least we can see the damage and the ugliness of it. You know, we see what's going on. I mean, you just go, wait a minute. You know, wait a minute. Let us stop for a moment. But you know how it is. <laughs> it just, it just, it just never, it just never stops surprising me that we can't just sit down at the table and figure out a way to have peace. I was thinking about when we, they were, oh, all the controversy around uh, raising the debt ceiling and how they're going to cut this and they're going to cut that. Yet when it comes to the war budget, they just pass it. They just put it through. Everybody says, yay, and that's the end of it. But when it comes to social services or, you know, like Medicare and Medi-Cal and, you know, even, you know, student debt, relieving student debt, all the different things that we're trying to get a handle on, good schools, you know, affordable housing, you know, everybody should be able to eat, have a home, have something for themselves. And yet we're always constantly saying we don't have the money. This is too expensive. They will use the words like entitlement. But yet at the same time, when it comes to wars, one, two, three billions of dollars just fly out the window, burned up in bombs and planes. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I think there's a lot to think about. And I think as a, as a, as a, a species... As American citizens, we have to stand up and we have to say no more. We've got to figure a better way to work on this planet. I mean, if we don't figure it out, you know, we're not going to have we're not going to have a planet. And you know, you, you know, Sunday was Father's Day, and it was really interesting. My, we uh, Ken and I went. We joined our family, and we were very blessed to be able to spend time with my grandson Ryan and his beautiful wife Amber, and our two great grandchildren, Satori and Kaya. And it was so beautiful because we went out to their garden. And Satori, she's almost five years old now. And she was so excited to show me that she planted corn and, and she planted some vegetables with her dad. And she was pointing out all the different things on the 
on the in the garden and and then we had this when we had our dinner we had this huge salad with all these wonderful vegetables just picked right from the garden and then later on uh, Satori like I said she's almost five years old she took us up to she now she's got her own big girl bedroom and she's so excited to show us and I looked at all the little things on the wall and I just was so thrilled just just at her excitement and I could not help but think every child should have this opportunity to live it, to live freely like that, to be excited about having her own room, you know. And it's so funny. She's on. Well, she was on a little timeout. I guess she did something she wasn't supposed to do. So they were denying her sweets. But at the same time, we had this wonderful, wonderful barbecue. It was just amazing. I can't, I blessed the food, and I couldn't help but think how prosperous we were. And how much good food we were putting in our bodies. But again, my mind always goes to the, to the whole big picture. And that is to have the whole world should be able to enjoy this. Well, Sunday, like I said, was Father's Day. And I want to thank all those who were, fa- I want to just praise all those who are fathers, stepfathers, uh, grandfathers, great-grandfathers, adopted fathers. A happy Father's Day. The most stunning thing for me is I made a Father's Day card for all the fathers in my family, and the most amazing part of it all was making a card for my grandson, Ryan. It just seems like yesterday he was my firstborn precious grandson, and here he is, a father, a great one. I have to tell you. And you know, on the, on, the, uh, on the card that I made, I put this poem. I'm not going to read it today, but you can look it up, and it'll be, it'll be on Women's Spaces. Children learn what they live. You know, and I'm watching it in my own family, you know, what we have passed down. You know, it's, it's amazing. You know, uh, Ken's a gardener. Uh, he passed on uh, gardening to, with, with our grandchildren. And also, he's a photographer, and he was a filmmaker. And my, my granddaughter, Caitlin, she's a filmmaker, and she's very involved in editing and all that stuff. But, but you begin to see that children learn what they live. And these children are living with a lot of love, a lot of understanding, a warm place to sleep, lots of food on the table, and you see how beautiful they evolve. And my prayer is one day, one day that we all come, we all come back. We all come back and we realize our children are the future and that, you know, like the Native Americans say, let's plan for seven generations. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. And, you know, I want to make a, I want to go back to the Juneteenth experience. I had an amazing experience. I really did. Uh, a young man came up to our booth, uh, and he started talking to Ken and I, and he was African-American. And suddenly his wife showed up, and his wife was Caucasian. And then I no- we noticed he had three young, beautiful little girls. I think the oldest was about six years old. And all of a sudden he saw the poem, I am woman, I am all women. And he started reading it to his little girls. He starts saying, you're a woman. You have, to, you have to understand this, that women have a struggle. And I, I was like, Ken and I were just blown away as we were listening to this beautiful, deep voice reading this poem. And then all of a sudden his wife came in, and she started reading her part. And before you know it, they were, they were going back and forth. It was almost like a performance right in front of our eyes. So, you know, I want all my women listeners out there, I want to encourage you, go on Women's Spaces, www.womenspaces.com. Go into the poetry section and read the poem, I am women, I am all women. And email me. Let me know what you think. Write a comment about it.
It's a very important piece of work, and when I listened to this young man read it, I couldn't help but get excited. In fact, I think uh, uh, we did a Mother's Day show with a woman by the name of, of Debbie Meyer, and we actually read the poem, I Am Women, I Am All Women. So that that, uh, that program is also on women's spaces. So, you know, check out the poem and tell, tell me what you think about it. Tell me how you feel about what I'm saying in there, particularly as women. You know, I say, I started out as I am women. I am all women. I go beyond color. I go beyond religion. I am woman. And in my womb, since the beginning of time, life has come forward. I mean, think about it. Through our bodies, life comes forward. I mean, I'm watching. We have a, a new baby in our family, little Marley Storm. Oh, my God, he is so beautiful. I mean, you know how us women are when it comes to babies. God, God, this one here is just absolutely stunning. Uh, our our uh, grandchildren, uh, Jenny and Ronnie, uh, they're the parents. And I looked at this little auntie, this little bean. He's wearing these cute little pajamas, and he's all warm. And, and I just thought, oh, my God, what a precious gift. But that came from our bodies, and we need the fathers. We need the support. You know, and actually, without the, like, like they brought around the table, without the father, without the mother, without the man, without the woman coming together, there would be no life. But it's important to value that life and treasure that life. It's really, really interesting. Well, Lots is going to go on in this show today. And before we begin, I want to let people know what the show is going to entail. Uh, first of all, we're going to have a recording of the history of Juneteenth that was produced by ABC News in 2021. And I believe they give a real good explanation. It's about a five-minute clip. Then we're going to hear a beautiful song, Ain't I a Woman, a speech by uh, Sojourn Your Truth. And a little bit of history here. Ain't I a Woman is a speech uh, made by... Uh, Sojonia Truth, and it's very famous. The version you know isn't that she said, excuse me, the version you know isn't what she said. Sojourner Truth gave her most famous speech on May 29, 1851, at the Stone Church in Akron, Ohio. Her words to the crowd at the women's convention would help her to become one of the most famous African American women of the 19th century. And this woman was born out of slavery, you know, and here she made such a contribution and she wrote, read this wonderful thing, Ain't I a Woman? So we're going to play that plus a few other things. So stay tuned. And also, if, if you have any feedback, if you like the show and you like what we have uh, brought forward, make sure that you send me an email at Elaine B. Holtz. That's E-L-A-I-N-E-B is in beautiful, H-O-L-T-Z at gmail.com. And let me know what you think. Well, I hope you truly enjoy this this uh, show. And also, like I do every Monday, we do the segment on our history is our strength. And I can't say this enough. Why do I believe it's important that we have to look at history? Because history tells us what we did right, what we did wrong, how we can improve, and how we can move forward and also what we have to be proud of and how, how that has affected our whole, our whole living experience here on this planet. So let's go through this just a little bit. We have some interesting, interesting people. On June 20th, 1921, Alice Robertson, she was a Republican of Oklahoma, becomes the first woman. Wow, in 1921, just one year after we got the vote, 
that the whole nation got the vote. The first woman to chair the House of Representatives. Wow. The first woman, Alice Robertson. And then on, Janu on June 21st, 1997, the Women's National Basketball Association, the WNBA, plays its first game. You know, it's really interesting. When I look at 1997, I have to go back to around 1974, when what happened with Title VI, it was so interesting. All of a sudden, we got this notice that <laughs> this young girl wanted to play football. I mean, I don't know if I'm for women playing football, but I believe women have a right to choose what, no matter what it is. But the point was so interesting. She wanted to play football, and there's such a, there, there was such an uproar about it. And all of a sudden, before you turned around, all the women, the women's movement, all the coalitions of women at that time got together, and suddenly they modified uh, Title VI, and women were allowed to play in all levels of sport. That was a very, very improved, a very important movement. But when you start thinking about it in June 21st, 1997, over 20 years later, Women's National Basketball Association had a chance to finally get in the arena and play their first game. So it's really, really amazing. And let's talk about it. So it was June 23rd, 1972, Title VI of the Education Amendments in 1972 is signed by President Nixon, one of the most important legislative initiatives passed for women and girls since women won the vote in 1920. Listen to that. One of the most important legislation initiatives passed for women and girls since women won the vote in 1920. This legislation, amazing, guaranteed equal access and equal opportunity for female and male students in almost all aspects of our educational system, which included sports. So that meant that young girl now had the right to choose whether she wants to play football or not. You know, like I said, I have a little bit of mixed emotion. I'm not quite a football plan, but that's okay. Now we have some birthdays that happened that I thought are very, very interesting. On June 19th, 1888, that's when she was born. She made her, her transition in 1984, and that was Hilda Worthington Smith. She was a labor educator and social worker and the first director of the Brian Morrow Summer School for Women Workers in Industry. And it was really interesting. This went on from 1921 to 1938. It was a way where they educated women about labor, about labor rights, and all, all the things around that, and also started looking at the Equal Rights Amendment that they felt that women needed equal, equal pay to what they do, just like the men. And this was a very, very important a, a very important group, but yet it only went from 1921 to 1938, which doesn't surprise me that, uh, that uh, you know, that this would happen. So it, it's, it's very, very interesting when you start thinking about it. You know, you start thinking about all these different things, how hard it is for women sometimes, but we have made many, many steps in the right direction, and we have to be very careful that those things are not are not taken away for us. And then our last birthday, which is uh, June 23rd, 1940, was when she was born, and she made her transition in 1994, which was Wilma Rudolph. She was an athlete, and she was the first, she was not only an athlete, she was an African-American woman who, and as a child, had polio. 
and her one of her I think it was her left leg was severely severely kind of damaged and yet at the same time she went on to one win three gold medals in the Olympics amazing an amazing woman I mean think about that here she was had polio a problem with her foot and yet she ran and she won three gold medals it's just it's mind-boggling what women can do but it's also mind-boggling what somebody will do when they are determined when they don't allow the world to define them you know the world could have said hey you know, she's, she's got a bad leg. She can't run. No, she wanted to do it, and she did it. Amazing, amazing woman for an African-American woman. I found out there's actually a, a film that was made about her called Wilma that actually talks about her and the whole experience she had winning those, her whole life story, plus what it took for her to win these gold medals. So happy birthday to Wilma uh, Randolph. Wow. Which reminds me, if my friend Randolph is out there listening, I have my number one fan. I want to say hello to him, and I hope he's feeling better. We found out he was feeling a little bit under the weather, and maybe if we send a little bit of love over the air, it'll help make him feel better. Well, let's start this show. Let's get, get on with it. And the first thing we're going to do is going to play a piece created by ABC News in, 19, in 2021 called what is Juneteenth? So let's go ahead, Ken. What is Juneteenth? Juneteenth is the oldest known celebration commemorating the ending of slavery in the United States. President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation freeing enslaved Africans in the United States in 1862, and the 13th Amendment passed Congress, officially abolishing the institution of slavery in 1863. But it would take years for word to spread. On June 19, 1865, Union soldiers led by Major General Gordon Granger landed at Galveston, Texas, with the news that the Civil War was over and the roughly 250,000 enslaved people there were now free. The orders read, the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with the proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. You might be wondering why it took so long to spread the word. General Robert E. Lee surrendered in April 1865, but Union troops didn't arrive until June. The Emancipation Proclamation only freed enslaved Africans and the Confederate states liberated by Union troops, and that didn't include Texas. Though slaves were lawfully freed, they were far from free. Many were even punished for trying to take advantage of their new rights. One former slave recalled seeing people shot and hanged after trying to escape to freedom. And another shared an account of being asked to work another six years and being whipped just like she was before. Even though the newly freed in Texas didn't receive the full benefits of freedom, 
they turned the day into a celebration. June 19th was coined Juneteenth, a blending of the words June and 19th. Every year, Juneteenth became a chance for people to get together with family members, measure progress against freedom, and teach rising generations the importance of self-improvement. They would read the Emancipation Proclamation, hear sermons, share meals, and play games. And many of those same traditions carry on today in Juneteenth celebrations across the country. Texas became the first state to make Juneteenth an official holiday in 1980. Since then, 46 other states and the District of Columbia have recognized Juneteenth as a state holiday or holiday observance. Although not a federal holiday, many global companies like Twitter, Square, Nike, and Lyft have made the day a company holiday in the wake of protests to end systemic racism sparked by the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Today, more than 150 years after celebrations began, June 19th is about remembering the past and moving toward a future that involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves. Juneteenth, a celebration of freedom and the fight for its fulfillment. Juneteenth, a celebration of life and freedom and hoping that it has its fulfillment. Amazing, amazing thought. Well, for you folks just joining, I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, and its members and women's spaces. Well, you know, Juneteenth is amazing. It's an amazing holiday. And the thing, the thing for me, the most impacting thing for me was really recognizing what was happening with the people once the war was over and once they had the Emancipation Proclamation. I mean, a lot of people took advantage of it, and it took about, I think, two decades before you know it, we had the Jim Crow laws, and all of a sudden, it, it, everything almost became null and void. I mean, when you, when you look at what was going on in the Deep South, it was just amazing. It wasn't until the, the Civil Rights Movement of the 60s and 70s that we finally, it finally started to happen where there was some, you know, when they first, when Herbert Marshall talked about uh, separate but equal to help get uh, better schools for young African-American children too. So we can all, you know, education is what helps us move forward. And I really, my hat really goes off to many of my African-American friends. I mean, they've come a long way and not only have they come a long way, but with all the trials and tribulations and all the resistance that was happening. But it didn't stop them, not at all. It didn't stop them at all. And here we are, 2023, and here in Sonoma County, we celebrated the 53rd uh, anniversary of Juneteenth a celebration here in the county and all across the nation. And now Juneteenth has become a national holiday. And I believe in my heart that the reason that this is so important is because once you put it into the forefront and you start understanding what happened and you start looking at the people that it happened to, maybe the prayer is actually that more understanding, more compassion, more more understanding happens. And you know, when back to this young man who read the I Am Women, uh, women uh, poem to his little girls, what was so stunning to me is he was an African-American, his wife was Caucasian, and these three children, I mean, one looked like they, one looked like she was white, another one looked, you could tell, was, was mixed, and then the, the, both of them looked like you could tell they were mixed, and all of a sudden I look, and this is, this is God's flowers in the garden. All 
all colors coming together, mixing, all races coming together. I mean, it's a beautiful thought when you think about it. Yet at the same time, I know very well, particularly with when it came to the Ku Klux Klan and all the stuff that was happening during the civil rights movement, the, the biggest thing was is that the white people back then were afraid that the black people and the white people were going to come together and they were going to start having children and all that other stuff. Well, <laughs> it did happen. But it's a beautiful thing that happened because these children are so beautiful and they have a new understanding and a new compassion. And I think it's important that each and every one of us kind of learn from that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a musical break now. And the, the song that I'm going to play by Cheryl Ann Fair is called A Change is Going to Come. It was written by Sam Cooke. And it's very interesting, the background of that, uh, com uh, that song. Pardon? I don't have it. I have eight you don't have it? I thought you do. Oh, I guess we're going to start with Ain't I a Woman, I'm Starry, uh, sung by Avery Sharp, and that's going to be on Sojourn Your Truth. So let's go ahead and play that, Ken. I'm sorry, I, I got a little bit out of order. Let's go ahead and let's play that song, and then we'll come back and we'll discuss that. Get it and bear the lash as well. 
also after slavery. And when I cried out with my mother's grief, none but Jesus heard me. And ain't I a woman? Then they talk about this thing in the head. What's, what's this they call it? Intellect. That's it, honey. What's that got to do with women's rights or Negroes' rights? If my cup won't hold but a pint and your one hold a quart, wouldn't you be mean not to let me have my little half measure full? Then that little man in black there, he says, much rights as men. Cause Christ wasn't a woman. Where did your Christ come from? Where did your Christ come from? From God and a woman. Man had nothing to do with him. Women together ought to be able to turn it back and get it right side up again. And now they is asking to do it. The men better let them. Obliged to you for hearing me. And now old sojourner ain't got nothing more to say. bore 13 children and watched every single one of them be sold into slavery. Can you just imagine what that must have felt like? Oh my goodness. Well, welcome back. Oh, that really touches me. Welcome back. You are listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And you were just listening to Ain't I a Woman, sung by, uh, I believe it was sung by Avery Clark. And it was based on a speech that was given by Sojourner Truth. It was delivered, uh, it was actually one of the most famous abolitionist and women's rights speeches in American history. And here is this young slave, now free, was able to travel around and talk about freedom and equality for all. Amazing, amazing what this woman accomplished for her people. And actually for all of us, 
Because freedom, we all deserve freedom. We all deserve to be feeling like we are being treated equal. You know, there's a lot to think about. And the reason I play songs is because sometimes there's a song that comes along that just gives you something to really think about. And this has actually become one of my favorite songs, to be honest with you. It's called Light a Candle, and it's sung right now by the uh, Frozen Heart. Uh, they're, a, um, they're a German group, and they're just amazing, this song. The song was written by Neil Young, and I believe it's one of his finest, finest songs. And I want you to just pay attention, just pay really deep attention uh, to the to the lyrics of the song because it it says a lot for us it really does, and I want to just point out a few of the lyrics before we before we started. You know, it's it's lighting a candle. It's almost like lighting a candle for the future. You know, there's this one. I love this first line. Instead of cursing the darkness, light a candle for where we're going. There's something ahead worth fighting for. And there is a lot ahead worth fighting for. Number one, of course, for our African-American brothers and sisters. I mean, Juneteenth is wonderful that we're celebrating it and that we're acknowledging their struggle for freedom. But there's still so much going on with racism and some of the stuff that's going on into our country. So when you think about it, there's something ahead worth living for. When you light, when the light of time is on us, you will see our moment come and the living soul inside will clarry on. That song is so powerful, that line is so powerful to me. Why? Because when the light of time, light of time is right now is upon me. When I'm looking at it, how much time do I have? Well, how much, what more do I want to do in this lifetime? And then this, the last line I want you to really think about, it's a chance to give new meaning to every move we make in the cavern, in the cave, where we come from. So listen to the lyrics on this. I think it's a very, very powerful song. And then when we come back, we'll continue talking about Juneteenth, and I have a few other things to say. Go ahead, Ken, let's play that. Time. 
Light a candle for where we're going Cause there's something ahead worth looking for When the light of time is on us We will see a moment come And the living soul inside will carry on Light a candle telling you i just love this song and i love the last line light a candle in the darkness so others might see ahead light a candle in the darkness when you go what beautiful beautiful lyrics what a i'll tell you neil that to me is one of the greatest pieces of of one of the greatest songs that neil a young ever wrote and you know it it, it just it bring it just brings me to the thought what what everything we're talking about about Juneteenth and we're talking about uh, equality liberation all those different things I can't help but the words that come to me always are the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. it was part of his I have a dream speech and is and this, part of it is I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Well, I want folks to know I share that dream. All children are precious, and the children are our future. You know, without, I mean, when you think about them, like I, I talked a little bit about one of our new babies that was born, little Marley Storm, to my, my grandchildren. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. Well, I'm going to end today's show with a poem that I wrote. It's really interesting. One day that Ken and I were taking for a walk and and suddenly I got this feeling that I was really part of the cosmos. And I think I think what happens is that I think why we have racism, why we have wars, why we have hate, why we have all these things that we don't realize that we're part of this divine mystery, this unknown challenge living in the middle of a planet, in the middle of nowhere. You know, not understanding it. And sometimes I think our minds, because we're so afraid of what's real, that we get into these other things. So I want to read this really quickly to you. I think it's, and think about what I'm saying. And what does it have to do with Juneteenth? What it has to do with is just to recognize that we are all one. We are all part of this journey together on this, our Mother Earth. So let's go. This is the poem, Ah. What was this feeling? Was it God? Was it Jesus? Was it my higher power or the mystery? I felt so solid, so alive. I felt so solid, so knowing. I felt so fearless in faith as I walked with Ken. It is a daily ritual we both love, just Ken, Rosie, and I. A miracle that we are all together. I see Maria, my, my neighbor. She puts out imitation flowers for every holiday. Red ones for Valentine's Day, white ones for Christmas, pink and yellow ones for Mother's Day. We stop. We talk for a while. Girl talk. She wanted to know who did my hair. She wanted to let me know she likes it. I tell her where to go and the cost. Maria does not speak English. I do not speak Spanish. 
Yet we have found a way to laugh together, to talk with one another, to share languages with one another. We teach one another. We both love our husbands and dogs. We are different because of our cultures, but the same because we are women. We know. We say goodbye and continue walking. I feel the feeling again. I feel so solid, so unafraid, so aware. Aware of the green on the trees, the cracks in the sidewalk, the beautiful rose gardens. I am in awe, in awe of the great landscape, in law of the mystery of it all, in awe. I hope that gives you an idea of not only how I feel, but maybe, maybe ways that we can think. Maybe we can think about it. And again, back to what Dr. Martin Luther King said, we dream of a world where our children are not judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. Well, that's it for the show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed my show. My goal was to give a bit, a bit of a history lesson along with opening our hearts to one another. We are all children of the earth. We all deserve a world that is free of hate and racism. We need a world where all children are safe and loved. A reminder, tell your friends, Women's Spaces will be aired again at 11 p.m. on Monday evenings. I'm so excited I get to listen to my own program. And also, if you have any ideas of any guests, please email me at elainebholt at gmail.com. I'm also available for speaking engagements. And of course, if you have any announcements like birthdays or any of that stuff that's coming on, please do not hesitate to let me know. Well, remember, again, our children are the future, and we must never lose sight of that. And I want to wish everybody a happy, wonderful Juneteenth. Reach out to somebody. Reach out to a person of color and say hello. Make eye contact. It's when we get to know each other that the fear drops. Anyway, this is Elaine B. Holtz, and you've been listening to Women's Spaces. I look forward to being with you the next time, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening and supporting the show. Well, it looks like we have a few more seconds, Ken, that I... 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Well, in 30 seconds, in 30 seconds, we're going to play our, our theme song, The Woman in Your Life. By is one of my greatest, greatest gifts that I was ever given to be able to use that song. And again, I'm going to repeat it. Remember, our children are the future, and we must never lose sight of that. This is Elaine B. Pa- B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time. She can wait so The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, June 19th, 2023.